Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host, Dave Johnson Glad to have you with me tonight. Glad to be back on the show tonight. We've had some uh, um, trouble. Miss uh, BJ, uh, her family, she had, her mom's had a stroke and she's been taking care of her and her dad. Uh, been the holidays and everybody's busy, so uh, uh, definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers out to her and also to uh, my wife, Jennifer, her uh, papa on her uh, dad, on her mom's side. Uh, they just found out today he has a brain tumor that's uh, inoperable, and uh, they're not expecting him to make it too long. So we definitely want to uh, keep uh, their, her family, her and her family, and her thoughts and prayers along with Miss BJ. Um, you know, these holidays, it, it's always a rough time uh, for, for a lot of us. You know, I've, I've lost all my uh, grandparents and have uh, – my dad's only um, first time I got left, lost my mom several years ago around Christmas. And uh, these uh, holidays are always tough times and anything, um, you know, stuff like this happens and it just makes it tougher for those. And, uh, you know, so we definitely want to keep them in our, uh, in our thoughts and uh, hope for the best. Uh, you never know uh, what can happen. Miracles uh, happen every day. So, um that being said, we, we're definitely uh, thinking about everybody there. Um, but, uh, you know, we're getting back to uh, women's football here a lot. I, last week I wanted to um, talk about this this game more at the Tennessee Titan Stadium, uh, Nissan Stadium down there, um, between us and now. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty much sure everybody knows that going to be between the Tri-City Thunder and the Knoxville Lightning, and uh, uh, people people don't understand the thought process and what all it takes. Is you know, ever there was all kinds of teams that wanted to play, and then when they wasn't chosen, then they want to take poke at you for uh, well, you didn't play me for this and that and other. Well, well, first of all, here here's the scenario: the Tennessee Titans contacted us, uh, and us being the Tri-City Thunder. Um, and they contacted us for the simple reason of the of our track record. Not about our football record, but our track record. The way that our team handles themselves, the way they conduct themselves on the field. Um, I, I know it's just like any other team. There's, there's certain kinds of drama that surrounds every team. I don't care what 
level of play it is. But we really try to knock that in the head and try to do things right. Hey, some, some things happen you can't control. But they contacted us about playing for the simple reason the way we handle business, okay? And when, you know, the first thing they asked was, you know, what other teams would, you know, that would be a good fit for us as well. And, you know, at that time, this has been in the making for a long time. We just had to keep it under wraps uh, to make sure that uh, the correct word got out when it needed to. And, you know, the thought process was all these teams, you know, once they found out where plans started, sending, we'll play, we'll play, we'll play. So everybody that sent us uh, messages wanting to play, we sent it uh, to the to the top. And along with them and ourselves, we come up with uh, the Knoxville Lightning. And, and the reason being is, their track record of the way they handle things. Also, they're in the state of Tennessee as well, uh, sort of not too far apart. Uh, you know, they like the fact that it could, you know, create a good little rivalry there. And along with the way they conduct their organization. Now, they most definitely have a different approach than we do. Um, they do lots of things different than we do. Um, their their owner and Jennifer played on the same team when they first started playing. Um, just two different paths, two different ways of thinking. But in the end, they're uh, you know they don't have all this publicity drama, bad drama, following them, bad attitudes out here. You know, poking fun at people and calling out the other teams and. I mean, you know, so all this goes hand in hand, and they were um, in a bigger role as helping us choose what team that we were going to play. So it wasn't just like, oh, well, we just decided we're going to play this team. It was a process. And not that I have to explain myself to anybody of who or why we do what we do. I just want to shut some of these people up that think they know stuff and they don't know anything about what they're talking about. They just want to get out here and run off their mouth. So it it was a process. Um, and if if you contacted us and, and you wanted to play, you were put in there. And for whatever reason, um, you know they wanted us to play this team. And and I told you a lot of it. So for Tennessee, blah blah blah. And that's all that needs to be said. Uh, that's who we're going to play. Uh, we're looking for. A, a great game. We're looking for a great time. Um, it's a great opportunity for for women's football in general. Uh, you know, so with that with that being said, you know, why can't every single person that's on a women's football team, whether you coach it, whether you own it, whether you play or whatever? I don't understand why you can't be happy for the sport. Hey, there's lots of things that happen in women's football that we wished our organization to be a part of, and it wasn't, but it was for us, for women's football, and we uh, and we were on board with it. You know, we support it. But, you know, everybody's jealous. Nobody uh, wants to admit that, you know, they need – 
work within their organization about the way they conduct themselves, about the way they do things. So if if you're one of those and you didn't get chosen, and most of you probably know who you are, you can thank yourself for the way you've handled business over the past several years as to why you're probably not the team playing when somebody else is. Um, so maybe you should take note here and, and uh, you know, sort of let, let some of that ego you got go and uh, uh, the bad attitude and the way you're thinking and, and change your thought process and, you know, maybe someday um, you will get chosen to play. Um, so not that I had to explain myself. I'm just tired of hearing all the bull crap. Well, they play in this team for that reason, blah, blah, blah. It's really not up to us. Uh, we had a decision in it, but ultimately we were going to play who they thought was the best fit to come into their stadium and conduct themselves in a professional manner. And there were several teams that fit that bill, and uh, several of those teams was in the USWFL. But the, the deciding factor was because this team was from Tennessee uh, because they are not in our league. They're in a different league. And they sort of feel like that, uh, you know, with them being that close, what a great place to have a, a great little rivalry. So that's how it becomes the uh, Knoxville Lightning because uh, people don't realize it, it's going to be – a long uh, process just to get all of our equipment, just to get all these girls' bags. Everything we have to go through is is way more than just showing up at a game, uh, walking through the gate. So, you know, a lot of these teams think they're too good for this stuff. Um, so when, when it was all said and done, we believe we picked the uh, right team along with the Tennessee Titans. So um, that being said, that's uh, that's what it's going to be. Um, it's going to be on December the 30th. Um, it's going to be about 15 or 20 minutes after the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts get through playing. Uh, we will take the field and uh, we will play a game. All the rules and stuff they have came up with. Um, it's going to be uh, two 20-minute halves instead of quarters. Um, it's, it's their deal. We're just coming to participate in And that's what a lot of people don't understand is it is the Titans' idea, the Titans' deal. We were just invited to uh, be the main team in it because of the, uh, the way they liked the way we did things and to help get this other team as well prepared. So all the rules, regulations, all this stuff has nothing to do with with our team at all. We're just following protocol and the rules that they sent. And as you, another thing you don't notice, there's a dang set of rules. It's a couple pages long uh, list, and it's on a contract. You have to sign it, and if you don't, are not willing to abide by these rules, then, you know, you can't play. So, again, it was a, a long process. Um, so uh, that's, who, that's who we're going to be playing we're uh, we're excited about the opportunity just to play um, in that stadium uh, for these girls. It's a great, great opportunity. Um, over the years, uh, we've tried to. Uh, we used to play. First year we had a team. We played Knoxville in a regular game. Since then, we've scrimmaged them a time or two. 
and since then they wouldn't uh, play. So uh, we're hoping that we can get back on track here. Uh, we're, we're really close. We're about 100 miles apart. We need to create, uh, you know, this good friendly rival, uh, you know, like the Texas and Oklahoma deal. And, and all. that's what makes sports great is rivalry. And a lot of it, it gets turned around from a rivalry and, and take it personal, you know, like coaches getting at it and all that. And it's not about coaches. It's about the players, no matter if it's pro, college, women's, high school, whatever. It, it's about the players. So mainly everybody misses the boat there. Uh, but we're really, really glad to uh, to be playing there. So uh, it's going to be a great, great opportunity for all the girls involved, both teams, both organizations, women's football in general. Um, it's just a, a, a great opportunity. So um, I, I do want to thank, uh, again, the Titans, uh, the Knoxville Lightning, all of our Tri-Cities Thunder organization, health players. Um, we've been working hard. Uh, had a scrimmage a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Went over there. Really, really did uh, did well. Had a lot of new girls this year. They showed out. Uh, Going to be great players. Um, it's rarity that, you know what, I talked to a coach yesterday. Uh, it was the coach in women's football. He, he's coached men, boys, kids, women all over the country. I had a long conversation with him yesterday. Uh, he called me and we talked for a couple hours probably, and it was all just about, uh, you know, women's football. And and the main thing is we, we have to understand and and I I do and I and I mean I even though I sometimes have to reel myself in, um, we have to understand that so many of these girls are are inexperienced. And when I when I say inexperienced, I'm not saying oh they they don't know football. But listen, I have some of the smartest players ever come through our organization say I thought I knew football so I started playing it. There's so much that goes in and out, you know, to make it work, blah, blah, blah. And being at practice, and this is the main conversation between me and him, was, you know, hey, how, how do you get all your players at practice? Well, you know, I'm not going to say with team and coaches or nothing, but, you know, they got 14 or 15 girls, and he says they're getting, you know, about six or seven at practice. Well, you know, we, we used to be in the same way. We used to, I, you know, when I first started coaching this team, I, I'm an old, old football, I'm old to begin with, and I'm an old football guy. And, you know, it, it drove me crazy that you could only get that few to practice. I've seen it when Jennifer played in Chattanooga. They had 35 players. Well, they didn't hardly get anybody to practice. And that, that drove me crazy. Well, I thought I could change that. I thought, man, hey, we're going to practice Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, the thing was, we didn't have very many players, about 14, but we'd only get half of them there all the time. Well, unless you have seven quarterback, receivers, running back combo, or all your linemen, 
you, you get half and half, you really don't have the the right um, personnel you need to work on stuff in practice. Yeah, you can do a little one-on-one, but after so long, you need more than just that. And, you know, he, he wanted to know, hey, man, how do you do it? Well, over, over the years, and I, and I told him this yesterday, and I tell a lot of uh, women this all the time, and, you know, I even talked to a coach, had a coach on my show this year a couple of times that they played in the Division One in the WFA Division One championship game. Well, for a lot of you that don't know, that is the probably the highest level of women's football. They had uh, 50-some players. Now, they have 50-some players, and the guy told me, that they only get 30 or 35 there on a regular basis. So, well, you get 30 or 35 to practice, man, it looks, oh, gosh, you got a lot of players, you're going to get a lot of compost, and you can. But when you have 50-some on the team, you're actually only getting about 65% of those players to practice on a regular basis. That's not too good a percentage as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, what? What I figured out over the years is you cut down on the amount of days you practice and try to get the more of percentage or all of your players out of practice and you go longer, you can get way more accomplished than you can um, having a Tuesday night practice and you get six or seven. Having a Thursday night practice, you get six or seven. Having a Saturday practice, you might get eight or nine. And a Sunday practice, you get eight or nine. Now, throughout those four days, you're going to see everybody that's on the team probably once or twice. But you're not going to see everybody that's on the team at any same day during that span. That is what hurts you. And, you know, this led into the conversation for me and him uh, yesterday. And, you know, honestly, we have about 16 players uh, right now. We have some that you know, they say they're going to play. Uh, different things have happened or whatever their situation is. They're not there. But as for now, we have about 16 players. I think that's what we took to the scrimmage was 16. And pretty much we get those 16 at a Sunday practice. And we're getting some really good work in. Those girls are – we can actually – uh, put players over there to go against them. We can uh, play a seven on seven if we want to. Um, we're getting a lot of work there. I think that's really going to help us. I think that's way uh, more efficient and way more beneficiary to getting these girls ready to play. Not only that, the the attitude of having everybody there and working. And we extend the practice. We sort of make it a long one where we can get everything covered, you know, that we want to. And uh, then we we end up having a good practice. It, it lessens the amount of time that these women have to take off either from work, from their families, our boat, our school, or whatever. So, I'm, I'm not saying that this, this fits everybody, but when I was talking to this coach that played in that Division One championship, that's sort of the approach they had as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want to see them as much as you, you can, and, you know, it's okay to have a workout 
uh, during the week, and and mostly your quarterback and receivers, and maybe a center or something. They come and they can get a lot of great work. Don't get me wrong. But what I realized was is to don't panic. Don't get in a tizzy uh, and set all these practices because. You're not going to have everybody there. And, and it drives me crazy, and I, I get it. drives me crazy because they don't show up because I'm I'm all about practicing, especially if you're new or you don't know the offense or you don't know the defense. There's so much ins and outs that make this work and uh, things of, of that nature that you need a lot of time on. So, yeah, uh, if, if there is extra workout and you can be there, great. But my main thing is when you have what I call a real team practice, is you need to do everything in your power, everything under the sun, to make that practice. And so far, uh, I think up until this uh, past weekend, I wasn't there. I'm, uh, in case people don't know, I've been out of town for the last couple of weeks. Uh, actually, um, I left on Saturday, Sunday after the uh, scrimmage we had on Saturday, and I haven't been home since. Uh, I've been stuck out west in some snow and ice storms, and I haven't made it home yet. hope to be there uh, real early in the morning. So um, I, I did get to make the, the practice Sunday, and, and I think that, you know, we had some fall-off. Um, I, I don't know why I can't uh, attribute, contribute a lot to, to that, but I, but I will say this. Um, when the one thing that I that I've noticed is a little success um, tends to change the minds of of the way people think. Now, when I say success, I, I, I'm saying this: we we went over there and and played in a scrimmage that um, the team's been practicing since the end of the year last year when the season ended this year, and have already played a game. Um, I felt they were way ahead of us. We really needed it. They got after us, I mean, really hard, both sides of the ball. Um, the great thing was we responded to that real well, uh, held our own, uh, did a great job. Now, the the bad part of that is we, we needed that. Everything they did to us, we needed. But by having that success, a lot of times it changes the mind to say, oh, man, yeah, well, we're already, hey, we're already doing this and that and other, and, uh, and they let their guard down. And when I say let their guard down, it's all of a sudden, well, hey, man, I, you know, uh, when you're on that offense of, ah, I may not make it today or uh, I ain't feeling the best or whatever, you, you tend not to go because, well, you realize, hey, I, I, I'm pretty good. I help my own, this, that, and the other, and, and that's why I won't go today. What happens is, not only do you get behind, I'm going to tell you this. I heard um, Barry Switzer say it many, many times several years ago. People don't know who Barry Switzer is. He coached Oklahoma Sooners forever and, and won a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. And the one thing I heard him say uh, was uh, Marcus Dupree, probably the best, one of the very best running backs that ever played the game. He was sort of, um, he wasn't happy being there. But they, you know, they wanted him to work. They wanted him to earn his spot. 
he had never really had to work, and they were on him, and he didn't have a good relationship with them. So he goes home. Thanksgiving, the year he's there, doesn't do anything, gains about 15 pounds, and uh, two weeks comes back and is done plumb out shape, lost every bit of everything he had. So here, here's what I'm trying to tell you, is that guy was great. That guy was a beast. Uh, when when you when you let your guard down, man, I won't, I, 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 man, I, just on that borderline of making it, I, 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 won't, I think I'm going to stay home today or won't go. I'll catch him next week. Whatever the case, not only do you suffer from that, your teammates suffer from that. Because if you go back to the first this conversation, I said we quit having so many practices, put more emphasis on a more important practice. So when I say that, that means for every person that doesn't show, the team suffers. That was my point when me and this guy were talking is, you know, how do you get to that point? Well, it's tough. I mean, I'm going to tell you, this is the fifth year with this team here, Tri-City Thunder, fifth year with this organization. And I've struggled every year to try to figure out how to get more people at practice. And and you hear the statement all the time, less is more, and, and it really is. Um, now, I know there's teams that, you know, practice uh, Saturday and Sunday and one time during the week, and they get great success, have great success, get a lot of players there. Hey, my heart's off to you. I wish we could. But what, when you can't, you can't. And when you only have 16 players uh, and you've got to figure out how to get those 16 ready, and your best scenario is, uh, one, uh, a team practice one day a week and then workouts for every time uh, for other people whenever they can make it, that just that has to be that. Now, I'm not saying I, I'm happy with that, but for now, that's what works uh, because I, I'd rather have one practice and know I had all my players there and have two or three practices and know I had them split up because you're, you're spinning your wheels. So, you know, when we're when me and this guy's talking and he, he wants to know how how do you do that and you know, a lot of that just becomes from the organization. Now, you know, things are you know, and, and naturally what he said was, Hey, you have a grasp and, and a hand and know what's going on in in your organization. When somebody else owns the organization and you're just a coach I, yeah, I, I know you. You're sort, your hands are sort of tied. Um, and one, the one thing I know is, after seeing all these women's teams over the years, seeing how the owners and the, the GMs and things of that nature take um, what I consider not control of these teams, but the way they run them, um, I, I've learned that you know I'm, I'm going to do. Things this way, I take a lot of heat for it. Um, a lot of players don't like me. A lot of them love me. Um, you know, I, I tell it like it is. I'm never going to be fine with people uh, missing practice. This practice, this actual practice, this past weekend is the first. We'll see. First, probably the third practice that I've missed in in five years uh, of us having this team. So. 
I, I hold myself accountable. I, I mean, I hated to have the best. Uh, you know, I always say when when I miss practice as well as these girls, I, I mean, I hold these girls accountable. Well, I tell them, hey, when you miss practice, here's what you miss. But listen, I, I miss that same thing. Um, you know, here I am uh, needing to work with our quarterbacks and running backs and, and things I see in that. And, and I'm trying to relay things to her on the phone and, and you know, instead of being there after a after a game in a crucial crucial time, that she needs to hear me in her head of the mistakes she made. I wasn't there, so yeah, it it, it hurts me as well. You know, that's part of the uh, reason over the years that we've had uh, we we've only had a few coaches in the same ones because. I want the coaches to be there and be as accountable as the players. So, um, and the conversation, you know, for me and this coach went on and, and he said, well, that's, you know, what I would like to do is be able to try to get to where we can get all these, uh, you know, get the players there on the same day. And and it, it is a process. It really is. I know people get tired of hearing that, and um, but the realization is just that, because it is a process, and it's one step at a time, and and it starts at the top. And when I say at the top, it starts with the owners, the general managers, down to the head coach, to the assistant coach, to the help, uh, everybody involved, and the players. Um, every person there on that team organization should hold their self accountable um, as as much as the other person. Uh, you know, it's like getting up um, when when people are dependent on you, you have to fight through tough times. And I look at it, I know at this point nobody's getting paid to play. Nobody's getting paid to coach. I, I understand all that. Uh, I understand more than anybody. I'm probably working as hard or harder than anybody trying to get this stuff turned around. On the same level is I have to have all my players, all my coaches on that same level. And then we have to – it goes on down the line. Each team needs to drive the case. Uh, so, you know, the – the conversations, you know, like I said, for me and him went on for a couple of hours, and um, you know, he, you know, and that's what he said, you know, was telling me, hey, you, you know, y'all do a great job with that, and and uh, hey, I, I was I was proud the guy reached out to me because um, I, I'm proud of our team, and and the um, not so much this past weekend as. Uh, they didn't have as many things, as many practice and some of the things that went on. But as a whole, with the attitude uh, that we've adapted, that, you know, we're going to – we want to be good. We want to be better. We want to get back to um, the dominant football that we like to play. We want to uh, be in the championship again. Uh, all that, I'm, I'm proud, uh, you know, that we have that mindset. And I see – I see spots where, man, we can be that. And then we have, you know, go over there and do great things, and then we make some mistakes. But we really, I was really, really proud of them, the way they played um, in that scrimmage uh, because of the 
the way it went, and like I said, the way the team uh, got after us on both sides of the ball, and and then you know, and then you know we take a giant leap forward, and we take ten steps back. Um, that that's the part that's so frustrating, and it, it's so frustrating as as an owner, as a coach, uh, some players. It frustrates the death, you know. Um, I heard from a lot of the players uh, this week um, about, man, you know, we, I, we were we in a great stride. We were doing great things, and, and you know, it seems like we're, you know, we're set back. Well, welcome to the real world of women's football as we know it. Not, not that I like it, folks. Don't get me wrong. I cannot stand it. And it drives me crazy, and and I've been told over and over and over. And just on the phone, a guy the other day said, "I didn't think you'd ever be able to do it." And to some degree, he he's still right. I haven't accomplished what I really wanted to accomplish by having a team, but we're we're making headway. And uh, you know, it it doesn't make me happy when when we have a setback. You know, if you're going to get better, what I know is this. You get better, you become a great team when you get better every single day that you practice. Like that scrimmage was just a practice. It wasn't a game. It was just a scrimmage, joint practice. And we got better that day, but then the next time we practiced, we didn't get better. And that's a setback. And, you know, a lot of, here's the difference between me and a lot of other coaches and a lot of things I said earlier people can't realize or won't realize. I, I can realize, look, it hurts me to, to say this. It hurts me to feel this way. It hurts me to go publicly and say, hey, we have taken a step back. That means we're vulnerable. But it's the realization. If I can't be real with myself, and real with my players, how can I ever expect to get any better as a coach, as an owner, as whatever you want to call it, as a player? You have to be able to accept that. And for every person that wasn't there, to me, they better have a damn good reason, you know, because the rest of these girls are are there. Uh, I see some of them playing through sicknesses. I see some of them dogging it out through injuries. And this is early in the year. Listen, football is a rough sport. And, you know, I heard uh, they were dogging the UT coach the other day when he said, hey, there's a difference of being injured and, and hurt. And if you're not injured, you better have your ass out there on the field. And yeah, I sort of agree. Uh, and when you're sort of, uh, taking away all the days you have practice and you only have a, a one-day-a-week practice and it's a team practice, That's a, everybody should be there. I feel like everybody should be there. Um, now, you know, again, I, I, I miss myself, and I'm not happy about that. Um, I hold myself very accountable. I think, like I said, this will be the fifth year. I've missed three team practices in five years. Not that, that makes it right or, or anything like that. Um, I just I couldn't make it back. Um, but we had it set back. That's the main thing here is I did have coaches there. Uh, it wasn't like no coaches showed up. I had coaches there. We had some players show up. 
some players out here had a great, great workout. Others out here, that, you know, our minds were somewhere else for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, we we did have what I want to consider to be um, a great practice and a step in the right direction of getting better. Um, now, that, that doesn't mean that we can't go on and achieve any of our goals. That just means we have to burn down that much harder and work that much harder. We have more to achieve now. Uh, on a Sunday uh, the coming week uh, than we had before. And and that's just the way it is, people. Um, you know, you, you want to get better. You want to win. What are you willing to do for it? You know, and that was my uh, – when me and this coach was talking, and, you know, he he talks like they want to do it. And they said, other and I said, hey, coach, what, you know, are they willing to go the extra mile to, you know, to bear down? And when I say that, a lot of decisions you make are not popular decisions amongst your team, amongst the players, amongst these women. I, I'm going to tell you, uh, we've had some great players, great players come here and either play a time or two or uh, practice time or two and quit or play one year and quit because they don't like the fact that it's just not a pastime here. It's it's a way of life for us. And, you know, anything I ever put my name on, I want to be serious about it and I want to win. And I'm never going to be happy when uh, unless our players are on that same page. Now, a lot of them are. A lot of them, I think, are on the borderline. A lot of them are scrabbling that fence. Uh, of which way to go and whatnot. They want to believe in other people and, and instead of uh, believing in themselves and, and doing what they need to do for themselves. Uh, so being the way I am and the way I hold our team accountable and the goals I want for our team is not a popular decision. And that's what I, what I was telling that guy. Look, I'm <laughs> – I'm I'm not popular around the around these teams, you know. Most of them hate me because hey, when we play a game, I'm all about our game. I mean, just the other day in the streaming, me and the other coach got had words. They tell me one thing before the streaming started, and I hold hold up their end, and then all of a sudden they don't hold up to their end. I'm not letting that get by. And I went right over there and called him out right to his face. I mean, he didn't like it. I don't care. I hope I, that's the way it is. I, I'm going to battle because I believe in what I say, what I do, and what our team does and say. The whole organization has to believe in that. And I find that, you know, he, he was worried. He definitely, they weren't on that page. He was hoping to get them to. Um, they weren't. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping that we get back to uh, the positive winning attitudes uh that we had had uh, before, before the scrimmage, and and you know, not taking the days off just to cause you uh, not be might not be feeling good, or uh, had too much to drink the night before, or or whatever your case may be, uh, don't matter to me. I, I I mean, every everybody misses and and thinks their their reason for being validates when other people don't. Um, so. Anyway, um, just wanted to get that out there, you know, but 
uh, I'm not the only person that you know thinks uh, the way I the way I do. I'm just probably the only one that goes publicly and, and admits it. So um, maybe maybe uh, he get their their team turned around and hopefully we can get uh, back on the same track as well. So uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll have more about women's football. Um, you know, coming up with, uh, like I said, with this with this game in in Nissan Titan Stadium, and um, all the teams um, should be getting uh, within the next week or two. Hope to know exactly uh, for sure all the teams that we have going to be joining the USWFL and uh, start getting the schedule going, and uh, maybe uh, right after Christmas have uh, well probably after the Monday or Tuesday after the Type game down there. Uh, we can have all that stuff publicly, and, and uh, where we're gonna have the kickoff plastic and things of that nature, and uh, you know, be getting ready to roll. Uh, one good thing is every week that goes by, we're getting that much closer to to women football kicking off. Um, you know, it just seems like yesterday we we quit playing, but then it just seems like it's still so far away. So. Uh, we're, we're excited about it. I hope that um, we get on the right track and uh, everybody as well. So we'll have more about women's football talk about uh, next week. Uh, so we're going to move on to college. Um, I, like I said, I, I've been gone, but the good thing about this job, this truck has the satellite radio, and I get to uh, listen to a lot of football games. And, uh, you know, I hear, I, and I and this keeps sticking in my mind because you, uh, I hear after, you know, after we have this scrimmage, you know, everybody's uh, shoot man, the emotions are running high, they're excited about what's going on, and man, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and listen, the one thing I know is you cannot ever, ever, ever overlook any opponent. Now. I'm not saying any of our players did, but I've, I've heard talk over the years and, and after the scrimmage and things of that nature, and we did good things. You know, they're excited, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. Well, just think of this. On Saturday, Alabama, the best team in college football. Now, I, I, I firmly believe they have the best coach. Um, I've not even got to see them play much, but I do know they have a really good team. But everybody will agree they're the best team in college football, okay? Two weeks in a row, they've held top 20 opponents, scorers, in the SEC. Now, this is SEC play, and both of those teams were in the top 20, ranked in the top 20, and Alabama held those teams scorers, okay? Now, you think of that. All right, so then they come in this week, and, and you know, and, and it's a big thing, you know, who's Alabama playing? Oh, they're probably playing a local high school. You know, everybody says they don't play anybody, this, that, and other. Well, people don't realize these schedules are put out three years in advance or whatever, so it's not like, um, you know, every year they just can't pick a school. You never know how good somebody's going to be or not. 
when they put you on that schedule. Well, lo and behold, they were playing the Citadel this this past Saturday, and they were a 39-point favorite. And before the game even started, I told Jennifer, she tell me, you know, they're a 39-point favorite. I said, they won't cover that spread. Well, they've been holding people slower us and blowing them out. Well, guess what? Does anybody but me know what the score was at halftime? Tied at 10. Tied at 10. Now, the great Alabama has held two SEC teams that's ranked in the top 20 scoreless. They had played, I forget how many minutes of football, without allowing any points. And the Citadel scores 10 on. Tied at half. And right after half, the Citadel recovers a fumble on the kickoff return and has an opportunity to take the lead. They miss the field goal, and then the rest of history, Alabama uh, just walks off or walks on them and, and the game over. My point is, don't ever underestimate your opponent. Never, ever, ever. You Listen. To tie, do you understand what kind of win that was for the Citadel just to be tied at Alabama half and then right after half have an opportunity to take the lead in Alabama? That was huge. Uh, But, you know, the fact is the Citadel don't have near the athletes that Alabama does. Um, Alabama got on track They ended up winning by like 30 something. They didn't cover the spread But they won by a large margin And you know My whole point is Do not ever underestimate Your opponents no matter who they are Because the one thing I know Is the game's not played On paper Game's played on the field And things happen on the field You know Alabama uncharacteristic. They probably lost the turnover battle. If not, at least tied or it was close. They were losing the turnover battle because they fumbled, I believe it was two or three times in the first half. So anything can happen, folks. Don't ever underestimate your opponent. It's easy to overlook teams when when you think you're better than them. And, you know, you hear it all the time, it's the trap game, it's the trap game. You played all these tough teams and, and you sort of breathe a little easy. We've got a team this week that's not near as tough and maybe the focus ain't there. And before you know it, you let your guard down, here you are in a dog fight. And, and I'm going to tell you, and I was listening to the game. Um, and the, the announcers, uh, Nick Saban, when they interviewed him half, uh, he was concerned. Uh, he wasn't happy. They were taking bets if they were going to have to repaint the locker room because he peeled the paint off of the locker room. Um, they they were in a bad bind. And then they come out and fumble the ball on a kickoff return about their own 20 and give it up. I'm going to tell you right now that you could have heard a pin drop in, the, in that stadium for a little while. And uh, that is what happened. That was a great, great point, um, you know, of letting your guard down now. They did what they needed to do. Once they, I'm going to say, sort of got rest up a little bit and, uh, you know, got caught off guard. And once they got their groove back on, they went ahead and took care of business and, and blew them out. Um, 
don't ever, ever uh, underestimate your opponent in anything. I don't care if it's football, basketball, racing, whatever. You've got to respect the other team. If, if they're practicing and they're working, and at least the mindset they should want to win. So don't ever, ever um, underestimate uh, your opponent. Look, look at the Ohio State uh, Maryland game. Uh, you know, Ohio State was supposed to blow them out. Maryland should have won the game. I listened to the end of that game. Uh, they had an opportunity. They had to lead. Uh, give up big drives down, down the stretch, you know. How, uh, Ohio State found a way to win, just in the same set. They were the uh, Maryland was underdog, had the lead for a long time, uh, took the lead in regulation with about a minute left, give up a long kickoff return. Ohio State dropped back in bed. You got to play every single minute of every single quarter in the game. You take the playoff here, you take the playoff there. You're, you you lose your, let your guard down. Think about this, folks. My whole conversation's been tonight: staying focused, staying ready, being at practice, playing, playing all the minutes. All that comes hand in hand. Being prepared, all that goes together, and it doesn't just go for women's football. We're talking about college football. I mean, at the highest level of football other than the NFL, these people are, are experiencing the same thing that we are. Same thing that I'm talking to you about is is we all experience the same thing. It's how you handle that. It's how you get out of that 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 makes you different that makes you um the the team you are and the players you are and the mindset. You know, there's nobody better than Nick Saban in college football. I'll guarantee you he preached to them, preached to them, preached to them. Exactly what happened on Saturday could happen if they didn't perform the way they knew they could. And, look, they still went out and laid an egg in the first half. So it's not just the coaches coaching and the coaches giving you the message and them putting in the work. You have to take that and run with it. You have to be more – Take that into more consideration and do more for yourself to help your team other than just what the coach is telling you what you're working on. You know, just be, just before I was uh, talking to Jessica Henderson, by the way, I want to thank her uh, for doing this show tonight when uh, things pretty hectic and we couldn't get nobody to do it. Thanks for stepping up volunteering. And, you know, she said she'd been at the park. Uh, you know, getting cardio in or whatever, trying to get better shape. And that's what it's going to take. I, I'm I'm just here to tell you. Um, we're expecting a lot of good things from her this year. She's a, a new player, got a lot of potential. It's all going to be on her. Um, you know, yeah. When I say on her, to stay in shape. We don't. We're only seeing these girls once a week, maybe twice a week. If you know, she's come to some of the workouts. That's not mandatory. So it's going to be on to her to, to take in all the stuff that the coaches are giving her and, and being able to dissect that and turn it into something positive, but also having enough want to uh, to be better or the best for her team and herself. That's the approach that we're going to have 
that we're going to have to have from, from everybody. And, you know, it, it's no different than at any level. So you gotta you got to be positive. You, gotta, you can't keep uh, let your guard down. you got to think the whole time. Hey, uh, any given day, anybody can be beat um, in the NFL at any level. Uh, so that's, that's where all this conversation of, of holding yourself accountable comes into play. And, and listen, it, it's not just us. It's at every level. Uh, I, I heard it in the Alabama game. I heard it in the, in the Maryland game. Uh, all these games this year, we've had better parity. And, well, in women's football, too, this year we had more and better games and more parity than ever before. Uh, college, we've had more uh, parity and better games than ever before. You look at the NFL, uh, there's nobody that's unbeat. There's only a few teams with ten losses. Uh, they're going to they're gonna lose more games, I promise you. Uh, it's really not a runaway. Even when the teams have great records and they win, the games are tied or decided by field goal. More overtime games. All this is because everybody is getting on the same page. These owners are it trickles down, folks, and it and it burst, and it goes to the shoulder of the players. When it trickles down, the last people to get it is the players. And when they start owning that, this is what we start seeing, is great, great competition. Um, this week is going to be a, a great game as well, Michigan versus Ohio State, Alabama versus Auburn. Um, I don't know the rest of the matchups, but, you, you know, in the Iron Bowl, you just look at it. Over the years, Auburn has uh, given Alabama uh, a tough a tough time and, and have won several of them Iron Bowls. Uh, so I, just because Auburn lost a game or two wouldn't, uh, wouldn't surprise me a bit that if they uh, uh, knocked off Alabama again, uh, just because of the way those games are, the way they prepare, uh, the way they get hyped up to play, I guarantee you after Auburn or after Alabama, Tied at ten at Citadel half last week. I bet uh, Auburn's uh, thinking their chances are way better than they probably did before when they held LSU and uh, Mississippi State scores. So um, the parity is there because the players, you know, it used to be all the best players go to one team. Now there's great players everywhere, and these players are not afraid to be great. They're not afraid to work and take ownership of their actions, and no matter who they play for, you know, they put their team on the map because they're great. And the next player sees this one working that much harder. They want to be just like them. So before long, that trickles down from the, the owners to the coach to the player, and then that player has an impact on the next player, and so on. That's the way sports is supposed to work. Um, that's that's the one reason that uh, forever at my alma mater, high school, has drove me crazy is when I played there, the principals could care less about sports. So they could care less about the coaches. They didn't care if you won or not. Well, 
now they got a great principal. I'm not sure where, you know, if his job means more than trying to uh, save the football program. I think he can do both. How much I want to see him get rid of the coach there now. I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. He's not personable. Um, I don't. I don't like his strategy. So when when you have trouble at the top, the bottom never gets to straighten itself out. But when you were right at the top, and the message just gets laid on down that ladder. Once those players get it, then they start running with it. Then when they get it. Then the next player gets it. And before long, it's like, wow, man, I, you know, I, we've never seen this guy play like this. Well, guess what? Maybe he had another player take him under his wing. He's worked harder. You, you see what I'm talking about, folks? You start to see a great, great product. And, and it all started at the top level when somebody had a goal or dream that nobody uh, believed in besides themselves, and then they get coaches that believe in it, and then those coaches can make these players believe in it, and then the players can make themselves and everybody else around them believe in it. That's what Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, those kind of guys do. Most people hate them. Most people can't stand them. I love them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're assholes. I, I get it. Maybe that's why I love it, because I've been told I'm that several times. Uh, but I love the way they command, the way they have this. It doesn't matter who you are, you're held accountable. doesn't matter how old you are, what grade you're in, blah, blah, blah. They're playing the best. They're playing the most prepared. That's the way it should be. And that's why we're seeing better games, more parity than ever, ever before. Never in, in all sports have we seen this good of football scattered out uh, through the country. I mean, you take, I'm going to talk about our local college and ETSU down there. They went and played Tennessee this year, way different division. Tennessee uh, got them pretty good. I think they end up losing maybe two games. If I'm not mistaken, they're hosting a playoff game this year. Now, folks, their organization is only back. I think this is their um, fourth year back, maybe. Somebody else knows they can correct me. Um, but their fourth year back, and for three years, I think Carl Torbush, uh, he start, restarted the program, uh, did a great job of holding a bunch of players together. Just imagine, folks, having to draft players and you say, hey, Man, we are draft players, side players on the scholarship. I say not draft. Hey, we really want you to come here and play, but, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, it, we ain't even going to play a game this year. It's going to be uh, at least two years before we play a game. I promise you, you're not getting the best athletes out of high school when you have to tell them that. So I, I think they might have managed to win a game or either lost them all and the next year won one or two. Uh, anyway, he held it together. He retired. <laughs> they hired Randy Sanders this year. They lose two games and are hosting a playoff game. <laughs> that right there is is proven fact. You know that you can turn. <laughs> me, you can turn things around if you believe it, and can get that message relayed as you go down that ladder. 
the players have to believe, the owners, the coaches, the president, whoever, the top of that organization has to believe in the next step below them. And each player has to believe in them, the coaches, they have to be able to look up that ladder and believe and look around when they lock arm and arm with all their players, look around and be able to look at those players and know that each player is doing as much as they are and is holding themselves accountable as they are. That's when you see greatness. That's when you see great things, great play, great teams, all this come into effect. So um, that's that's what I like. That's what we're seeing. That's why I, I you know, people want to know, man, you, you get you, you, we miss one practice and it's like the end of the world. Well, it really is for me uh, because of the setbacks. Uh, you miss two weeks worth of work. Barry Switzer said it. The guy comes in, he loses all of his shape, muscle, uh, his cardio, everything in two weeks. Well, we all know that most women are not working as hard as they should to be great players anyway. You miss a practice here and there, and you're, you're plumb out of, uh, out of sorts. When you don't have that many and everybody counts on you, then then everybody falls off, and, you know, it, it becomes, well, I'm doing this, this one ain't doing that, and, and it's, it's for no good. So, uh, But if you stay focus, stay ready, do your job, do what your coaches want, do what the organization wants everybody on the same page, great things uh, can happen. Um, this this past week um, in the NFL, uh, again, I, I did get to watch a few games. Uh, I was stuck in Wyoming at a, at a truck stop, and they they had the uh, Cowboys game on there. That was a uh, really, really good game. Um, they, I, I watched that game from start to finish. I'm trying to think of what other game I watched. Uh, it came down to a field goal. I mean, it was back and forth the whole time. You didn't know who was going to win, who was going to win, and and. It was just back and forth. They came into the game with the same record. Well, go figure that. Both teams. I mean, you you you're getting you're getting great games. That that's what we want. I know we have several Cowboy fans on the team, and 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 they love that, and they're they're on the edge of the cliff when the Cowboys lose. So I'm sure they're riding high right now. Um, but I watched that game. The, you know, the coach has been under scrutiny. I'm, I'm not a fan of Jason here, um, you know, but it probably is hard to be the Cowboys head coach with Jerry Jones uh, being the way he is. I'm not saying I, I disagree with the way he is. I mean, he's got a lot of money tied up in that. He's got certain ways he likes to do things. Um, so, anyway, that, that was a great game. Um Trying to think of what other other games I watched. Anyway, all all the games were good. And then last night, I listened uh, to the to the Rams and Kansas City Chiefs game. And uh, wow, man, 
you did, if you seen it, what a great game uh, it was just to listen to. Oh, I, I know one thing I want to talk about this Cowboys uh, players. What I got on that on that sub is uh, this Clayton Vanderhuis or Leighton, I guess his name Leighton Vanderhuis, Vanderhuis or however you say it. This guy, this rookie for Dallas. This is why I started talking about this. He played at Boise State. Only played at Boise State one year. Now, now, folks, if you if you know anything about football, um, whether you're a Cowboys fan or what kind of fan, two weeks ago, this guy, he's a rookie. He's filling in for Sean Lee. Sean Lee's a great player. He's always hurt. He's filling in for Sean Lee. Two weeks ago, the guy had not. Tackles and an interception. Nineteen tackles, folks, in an NFL game is unreal. I'm telling you, you, you to make nineteen tackles in any game is is awesome. To make nineteen in one game in an NFL with an interception, that's unbelievable. All right, so this week. He comes back, has eight tackles and an interception, and also has the defends the pass that saves the game for the Cowboys. Knocks down uh, on the tight end, crossing across his face, makes the big play without committing pass interference or anything to save him the game. All right, that folks, I'm telling you, that that is unbelievable. You have 27 tackles and two interceptions as a middle linebacker and the biggest play defended in the game to win the game in an NFL game. All right. reason I'm talking about this guy, not only is he great, not only is he a rookie, rookie, he only played one year of college football, and that was at Boise State. For you folks that don't know anything, I hear all the time about, uh, well, this player here, he, man, I don't well, I don't know about that guy. He, he didn't play at this major college, you know. Listen, Carson Wentz, he, he, he's a great quarterback. That's the other game I watched, by the way, Philadelphia and the Saints, and the Saints killed him. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. You know what the knock on him was? Well, he's playing at the, uh, he played at one of these big schools. He played North Dakota State. Who, who cares? The guy can play. I'll never forget Khalil Mack coming out of the draft. I told Jennifer then it was between him and that clowny guy from Texas. I said, I'd take Khalil Mack. That guy can play. Well, Texas took Clowney. The Raiders took Khalil Mack. Clowney missed I don't know how many games for the Texans. Mack missed the first two games of his career the other day. The guy's been NFL player of the year. Defense player of the year a couple times. The guy can play. I mean, flat out play. But you know what the knock on him was? Played for Buffalo. Well, who cares where you play? If you can play, you can play. That's the one thing I know. And getting back to my point is this late Vanderhess guy played one year at Boise State. But before that, he played in high school. He was a running back on an eight-man team. 
And just think of that, folks. An eight-man team. And most people are going to say, well, that's not even real football. I hear it all the time. I actually love the eight-man game. Uh, I really do. Uh, but I hear it all the time. That's not real football. That's not real football. They even have a six-man in high school out in Texas and stuff. Played on an eight-man, played running back, goes to Boise State, plays one year, and now he's starting middle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys and tearing it up. Yeah, probably nobody ever even gave him a chance because what? He's a nobody. He played where at Boise State for a year? Really? How'd you even get a hold of this guy? Eight man? Who plays eight man? Look, here's the product you have. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you play. If you can play, you can play. I, I say it all the time. I have all kinds of people tell me about the kid going to high school. I ain't standing here. I'm standing here because these get more scouts and that's that matter. I say it all the time. Hey, if he can play, they'll find And I firmly believe that. If you can play, you can play. And if you can play, they will find you. So take the advantage of the opportunities you get. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I never even heard of this guy <laughs> up until, matter of fact, I haven't got to watch much football at all uh, because of the way I've been traveling. First one or another, Jennifer brings it to my attention last week, says, hey, have you seen this Vanderlust guy or whatever play for the Cowboys? I said, nope, I ain't. She said, this guy can really play. So I never even heard of him. Well, Last week, he was defensive player of the week. 19 tackles, folks. It's unheard of. I mean, it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. So, the guy goes from being a nobody to to wearing it out in the NFL. Now, listen, playing middle linebacker in the NFL is tough to do. Playing middle linebacker anywhere is tough to do. If you want to see how good you are, go strap your own little lace up some cleats and play middle linebacker in the NFL. And you'll see how tough it is. And this guy, what he's doing here is amazing. I mean, truly amazing. So, my point is, the guy works hard. He's got a great attitude. He gets the opportunity. He takes it and runs with it, relishes it, and and is wiring it out. He didn't, he wasn't. From what I hear, now, I did a little research on him, not that I'm in a great opportunity to do such, but I've listened a lot this week to uh, radio and hear these guys talking. This guy has an amazing attitude. You know, when when you get drafted in the NFL and they're drafting you and they're pretty much telling you, hey, you know, we're, we're drafting you, and, and before they even really see you work, you know, you're going to be playing back up to this guy because if Sean Lee hasn't had these injuries, he, he's probably in the Hall of Fame. This guy's that good, but he's injury-prone. He, he's been hurt every year since I can remember. Well, they're telling you, hey, man, you know, you're going to be playing back up to this guy, and, you know, I'm sure this vander guy really wants to play, but he keeps a great attitude. He works hard practice when his time comes. He, he locked it up. I heard him say today that most likely that they're not going to restart Sean Lee next year for this guy, and they're going to save 
like five million toward the salary cap. I mean, they're going to get this guy that's having more productivity than the guy he was sitting behind for for way less money. Uh, so, you know, my my thinking is, you know, I, I'm really happy for this guy. The whole story, uh, the playing the eight man. That tells me he come from a small, small, small school in a small area where they can't get enough to play 11. Uh, then to go to Boise State and and play, and they sign you as a running back, and then you transfer and you're uh, over to defense and you're playing middle linebacker for the uh, probably the most tagged organization uh, in the NFL, and you're wearing it out. A great, great uh, story uh, in itself, and uh, and I, I'm happy for the guy. And I, I don't even know him. I just love uh, things like that. I love the attitude that people like that uh, have, and and work hard, and, and great things uh, happen to them. Um, one thing I I, want, I didn't know if we uh, we got a commercial put together um, for this. Uh, for this game, um, uh, I'm not sure if we're, we got it set up on the on the thing to play or not. If we, if we do, I'd like to uh, to play that commercial. One day, two epic games, 69,000 fans. The NFL's Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts and the USWFL's Tri-Cities Thunder versus Knoxville Lightning. This December 30th, your Tri-Cities Thunder will be the first women's football team to ever play in Tennessee Titans' Nissan Stadium. A small step for football, a giant leap for women everywhere. These women are changing the world one yard at a time. Just one $30 ticket will get you into both games. For more ticket information or to donate tickets to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, visit Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Team on Facebook or contact your favorite Thunder player. Get your tickets now. Yes, there it is. Uh, thanks to the, the double J's there, Mr. James Sweeney and Mr. Jessica Tweet for doing a great job uh, making that uh, commercial for us. Um, uh, really, really good. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, um, thank both y'all for taking the time and putting in the, the work. I didn't, again, I, I wasn't there, but I heard a, uh, a lot goes into that. Um, people don't realize, you know, what really does go into everything, man, anymore. Uh, the time consuming, you know, I heard they, you know, for that however long commercial that was, um, it goes, you know, they put in about an hour uh, just getting that set up and ready and, and to get the finished product. So to to get that uh, done and get it out here to, to put it on the show is, is amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, folks, I'm happy and I'm tickled for them. And again, thanks for. Mr. James Sweeney, Miss Jessica Tweet for for taking the time and doing that. Um, I'm I'm hoping to get some uh, more commercials and and I got some ideas. I want to. Uh, I've heard on some other programs this week that they do. I want to get if I get time and maybe I will this coming week is to get some uh, 
more audio things set up for the show from, from players, and uh, naturally it'll be players from the Tri-City Thunder, but hopefully uh, I can get some players around the league to participate um, in it as well to uh, to, to put on there. Hey, look, I, I take a lot of heat for a lot of things I say and do, um, but the one thing anybody that knows me uh, will tell you is, is I'm doing everything I can uh, for the sport of women's football. And, uh, you know, that that's all that matters to me. I don't I care less what everybody else thinks or what everybody else says. Um, but the only, the only reason I do care, I don't care what they say about me, but I do care uh, of what happens for, for women's football. And without everybody um, working hard on the same page, it's tough for us to, to get that uh, deal done. So um, I've got some things I, I want to get worked on, and, and I'm going to talk to the team about this week. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of girls participate, a lot of them. Uh, they, they're scared to death of a radio or a camera, and uh, they won't hardly do anything. But um, a lot of them, you know, will help out. And, you know, it, it comes to, down to a point where at some point in time they're going to have to help themselves. That, you know, just people like me can't do it all um, in this. They're going to have to uh, come out of that shell and uh, do some things that they just don't want to do. Um, this Thursday, of course, is, is Thanksgiving, and uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And like I said, keep the, the people and family and, and, and everybody in your prayers that, you know, it's had difficult times and um, all that. But there's also going to be uh, some great football games, NFL games that day. And uh, Chicago and Detroit play. I know that. I think they played the early game, and then the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Washington Redskins in the afternoon game. And I'm I'm just not sure who's playing in the late game. I, I don't know, maybe Atlanta and somebody. I'm I'm not sure, but there's going to be three games that day. So uh, um, be, be a good day to, to relax and uh, be with your family and eat some great food and, and – uh, Watch some football, and I'm sure that if uh, you know if you're listening and you don't have family around or or something of that nature, you contact. Especially if you're uh, on this team or something, you contact some of these players. You're you're more than welcome to uh, join uh, us or other other teammates to, to go eat. You know, you don't have to be by yourself uh, during these times. There's always people. Um, that would welcome you in, and you know, a lot of times is you know they don't know that you might not have any family around or anywhere to go. So uh, you know, if you're if you're that, uh, you know, reach out to somebody. Uh, folks, that about wraps it up for for us tonight. Uh, I've sort of rambled on a lot. I got on this uh, kick, you know, after the scrimmage and after. I hear about the practices, and then the coach called me the other day and listening to these games and all that. It just everything just sort of fell into my lap about the, uh, the show tonight. And, uh, uh, I really wanted to, you know, get the, the sincerity message out there about 
the commitment and dedication to the sport, to your team and everything else and uh, the way you do things and, you know, that you're going to be um, held accountable and, and not just you, you're held accountable for your team uh, and everything else. So uh, uh, thanks again to, to Jessica Henderson for taking her, uh, you know, for uh, taking her time and, and uh doing this show for us, uh, J.C. Hall Sports Network, for, for having the show. Um, I remember her and her family and Jennifer and, and uh, her family and uh, things that's going on with them. And uh, uh, I really appreciate everybody listening. And thank, thanks to Mr. James Sweeney and Jessica Tweed for, for doing our commercial. So uh, that being said, I guess I'll uh, talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you.